0: Enjoy the beef, you know, because I think it's necessary. And I think you know it, it brings this sort of, uh, you know, the, the the thymotic or thymotic aspect to to uh, to thinking, right? That okay, yeah, you you have enemies, you know. There's there's people who think other things, and and I think that can that can be kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, yeah, about changing things, yeah, that's that's, that's a difficult thing to 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 say, right? I mean, you don't know. I think they're. There is a, you know, like you, you don't, we don't have to exaggerate our influence, but I think that sometimes, uh, yeah, you you can, you can remind, call a spade a spade, <laughs> you can remind people, yeah, but you can also remind people that they have duties as academics, you know, they're, they, they can't just, you, they can't just be <laughs> these complete handmaidens and tools to power, man. I, I think that's that's fucking ridiculous, you know. Like that's that's absolutely incredible, you know. I can't. I I, I read this. I read this book, man. it's just man. I I really can't believe it, you know. Like how you can really just just write this 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 apology of of this dictatorship, you know, point by point, you know. That's just absolutely how do you say flabbergasting to me. Like I really, I really don't. You know, like really, it's like, uh, I, I think, uh, you, you know, you could really uh, qualify it as uh immunosuppressive theory, you know, where, where where really everything is, you know, like ev- even the even sort of legal, as, you know, like the legal order is attacked. You know, that's sort of the only thing people have in this time, you know, like to, to go back to to go back to certain documents and say, yeah, of course, you know, we know this. Yeah, like the, the law is not, uh, you know, like ultimately it's, it's crumbling before the virus. Balance, right, but but law is also a belief, right? Like that's, yeah. that's legal authority. This idea, and <laughs> I can't, it's really like like spot on. Like Bratton <laughs> tries to really, you know, like he tries to fuck you, this guy. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, totally. So I'm just going to introduce you uh, quickly. This is Nicholas Hausdorff He is the author of. Uh, he's a writer and a he's what you're you're in what program now?
0: Uh, I, I well I'm a researcher I'm a, I'm a uni- university researcher yeah Okay
1: yeah and he wrote Superstructural Berlin uh which is, I have not read that book, but it looks really, really cool. And today we're going to be discussing a sort of, kind of like a mutual trend that we've been picking up on, which is sort of this uh, technocratic, despotic, utopianist, biopolitical apologism coming from certain factions of, you would say, authoritarian left uh influence I I don't even know what to call this thing cuz it's it's very difficult but I've noticed this I've noticed this trend with uh Resina and and Benjamin Bratton and it seems to be like um instead of the being lapdogs for the hard sciences they're sort of like lapdogs for you know, people who are art adjacent. And so it it just all becomes very maddening, like you were saying, (laughs) uh, to be sort of an an apologist for all this stuff. And they're sort of doing the rounds on all of the kind of, yeah, yeah. So how's it going?
0: Yeah, I mean, good, good. Uh, what, what what can I say? I mean, as a like as a as a general question, I'm I don't know. Like, I'm a, I'm a jolly guy, you know. Like, I don't. Uh, I think we're going through very interesting times, you know. And I, I I'm personally frightened by what's happening, you know. Like I'm, to be honest, like I'm really glad. It's it's interesting that I'm talking to to a new uh, to a new Texan right now, right? Like you're you're in Texas right now. Yeah. Right and 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 there's this yeah the 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 American Revolution is life in 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 Florida and Texas and I, I think that's great you know like I, I I love those people you know I think I have lived in Texas for a year uh, when I was a when I was a teenager you know I and I I yeah perhaps I have you know taking taking some of that spirit from there you know like and i yeah i, I like this place and i'm i'm happy that it exists <laughs> because yeah. uh, i don't same. know like it's 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 a it's a very uh, I, I would certainly be there in uh, if i if i was in the us i'm i'm in australia right now and, and australia is well it has a, has a very authoritarian street and mm. uh, and and it's very concerning what what people are saying and you know it's very strange for me also because I'm not on my uh, yeah I'm not I'm not really on my home turf and australia is a, is a is a strange place because it has a yeah it has a constitution but it doesn't really have a bill of rights so yeah. so it's all sort of entangled in this uh, british common law and um it's very you know there's no there's not really a document that you can point to and say look <laughs> you know, go away or, and, 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 and even that, you know, like there's no, um, yeah, there's, there's no second amendment, which I think is a, you know, that's a good thing to have, you know?
1: I agree. I think that's a good (laughs) thing to have. I'm not a, I'm not a specially political person. I'm I'm sort of like a post-political person and nonpartisan in many ways, but I do, I do very much value the first and second amendment. And I think, uh, I think without those two, given our, our sort of, I I just cannot imagine a functioning America without those two sort of basic doctrines. I mean, obviously, you know, rights are, are not ascribed from birth, they're not universal givens, they're things that, you know, we have to mediate, and I do really believe in those two things, which is... Um, which is a big one for me, which is why partially why I'm out here now. But yeah, you talked actually in an essay about molecular civil war. And part of it to me, when you're seeing this sort of issue that's happening right now, I think with both sides is you're seeing uh, people who are, they have no real political stakes in society. And it's, uh, there's no value attributed to life or the lives of your Opponents or your your thought opponents, and you almost see that with these sort of low vibrational takedowns of people that Bratton does in in Giorgio of Giorgio Agambin. and recently me. He threw me in uh, sort of indirectly uh, into that into that category as the anti vaxer who smokes Red Bull out of a bong. Bong hits of Red Bull, roommate, burnout, slacker. Damn.
0: Damn! Right. Are, are you, how does that feel? Is that is that? It doesn't feel like anything, you know. I'm I'm a very. It feels like I'm gonna to have to put some Red Bull now in the bong that's in front of me and and, and take a hit. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's. Uh, look to be honest, it's it's. Uh, you know, I don't I don't mind to um to, you know, like yeah, to 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 have this to have this beef. I mean, as long as he can take, you know, like as as he can take the 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 punch back, you know, that's fine with me. To be fair, yeah, to to attack a gamin like that—who's this intellectual superior? You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Right. And <laughs> that's kind of yeah. that's a different thing, you know. And it's also that shows that you know, like he, he he sort of lacks respect. You know, you can you can you can just you know like pay some respect to this guy, who also uh, you know like who's who's been one of the only people who've had the balls, you know, to to actually say something when when it was the last time. Like this time really reminds me of the. Of the sort of the post 9 11 area, yeah. Uh, post 9 era, spoke, yeah. and
1: you know, he spoke up a lot during the 9 11 era. For for anyone who doesn't, yeah, know, yeah, exactly, we're, we're and, speaking and about, nobody else
0: did. Yeah, we're, <laughs> nobody else yeah. did, right? We're talking like, about all of these like uh, you know academics, you know, and, and yeah, he, I mean, okay, he's an academic philosopher, you know, but <laughs> I, I think it's great. I mean, personally, you know, like I'm I'm surprised that you know, like in these times, you look around people. You know, you look around you, and you can sort of—it's how, of, it's you, how you quickly can really...
1: we forget. It's—it's <laughs> it's one of those things where you know, it's like you keep sort of castigating and and scapegoating the person who is right over and over and over again. Just just to give a little frame of reference, we're speaking about the Italian philosopher Giorgio Agamben, who in whose work investigated the concept of state of exception, bare life, homo sacer, and uh, biopolitics from Foucault. So we're basically talking about two sort of increasingly uh, strained schools of thought. On one hand, you have the people who do not value what he would consider to be bare life, which is basically like a, a life absent of metaphysics or a life absent of an enriching inner experience. And then you have the people who are pro-biopolitic, which I think is, is cropping up increasingly in these academic spaces as, as sort of foils for these institutional powers that are sort of, you know the suspended state between life and death, which is endless lockdowns, uh, lack of freedom, a denial of any sort of experiential autonomy whatsoever. And while I do agree we live in a society, in a sort of world that is like overinflated with individualism, I think that there needs to be a balance between this idea. Like, we're not quite in the territory of objecthood yet. Like, we still have a ways to go, right? We're not the, what they would call the inhuman yet. I don't know if that makes sense, if you want to speak on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I, I think that's a very. Yeah, that's a very eloquent uh, summary. I mean, yeah, he, what what Agamben is a he's also, I guess, a Schmidtian, right? Like he's a right. Carl Schmidt. And uh, the interesting thing is, so is Bratton, right? And but Bratton would not. I mean, he for him, you know, like he always has to say, yeah, the <laughs> Carl Schmitt, Schmidt, you know, Nazi. It's it's terrible. Um, and at the same time you know he's a he's the modern he's a modern day version of this it's really there's this uh, notion of intellectual of statecraft which is the yeah which is sort of this yeah the 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 person who you know historically uh, the geopoliticians who look at the world as this sort of map and battlefield between nations and to uh, yeah think about the world in terms of you know really big things yeah uh, I don't know. I don't know what to how, how, how to describe this. It's a certain perspective on the world, and I think this uh, perspective uh, sort of lends itself to uh, to forgetting about the individual and to forgetting about sort of the, the metaphysical aspects of life. Because yeah, you are sort of uh, thinking in in terms of okay, there's a you know perhaps a you know like possibility of nuclear war there's a possible there's possibilities of conflict between large states and between large sort of techno-industrial complexes and uh, well you you I, th- I think that's the perspective of a lot of these people sort of also where this modern notion of ecology comes from you think about the world as an arms control problem yeah. right okay these these things can happen and you know as a <laughs> as a result yeah you you cook up ideas about uh, global government, right? And, right? and and this global government is not, I mean, you're, you're sort of, you're, you're forgetting some of these like little mediations that, you know, there's actually people whose life you make it completely unlivable, you know? I mean, it's just...
1: I say this all the time that, you know, people, they ask for a solution to sort of like the ills of our problems. And, Well, I do think that there's a material element and component to the fact that, look, if we don't have the resources to enrich our inner life, to go through these methods uh, of discovery, and I think that there is a material concern there. I think, I feel very sad for people who do not have sort of either the time or the resources to live an artistic, creative, enriching sort of inner life. And increasingly you have people advocating for the obvious, the, for the opposite, that the sort of like the, the opposite is actually true and that, you know, you should actually get in your pot and you should isolate yourself from other human beings. And the quality of your life is which nobody can place any sort of value on. And I think another thing that's really idiotic about this whole new uh, technocratic movement is that Bratton really suggests that what goes on in your head has no imprint on the physical world, that the real is in, in somehow not animated. I mean, what do you call alchemy? What do you call the entire offshoot from the natural sciences itself? I mean, that's like the foundation of science is the fact that something goes on in your head, something isn't real, and then it becomes real. I mean, this is just basic mimetic theory 101. To deny the fact that mimesis has zero imprint on the physical fucking world or your life and that's that somehow doesn't constitute the real or reality I think is just completely insane. It's like they're gonna be fucking like industrial design class at a fucking NGO institute funded by like the Kremlin or something like what I mean like what is, <laughs> what, what what is the alter like where is it coming from? Because it already exists in the world and it's not going anywhere. So yeah, humans are a problem. They're a problem for people who don't believe in humanity, who see humans as a body bag. Like, listen, I mean, the whole purpose of this, the reason why pharmaceutical companies make so much money and keep you sick is they want to keep you sick but alive because it's profitable. I mean, come on. Like, it's just, this is just basic shit. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Look, we've all watched HBO's documentary on uh, the opioid epidemic. I mean, like, this is all, I mean, come on. It's like t- technocratic solutions have just failed over and over and over again, not to keep ranting yeah, I mean, and i end yeah, on this.
0: I, I, I think it's, I think it depends on the perspective, right? Because in a way, you know, pharmaceutical companies are a solution, right? They are a solution, but you know, like the problem is that, that people think don't, you know, like realize that it's a solution, you know, not to the way they think because people always think, oh yeah, you know, like the, you know, like life, uh, everybody's trying to get life to thrive, you know, like, <laughs> life on earth uh, should just expand and in a way you know the pharmaceutical uh, industry is a solution to that because it's right. a, you know it sort of territorializes life right i mean it's as you said yeah they have two enemies the dead and the healthy <laughs> right yeah all right <laughs> but you know like the of course the the, the dead are are, are are a side product and, and perhaps also a solution you know i, I think there's a um, there is even you know i think if you if you if you really think about it sort of a, a, an ideology like libertarianism is, is you know perhaps quite interesting because it it's sort of this esoteric it 's an esoteric doctrine of surviving in a world that tries to kill you right and sort of a concession to a certain class to be able to survive, right? And it's really interesting when you read, like, uh, there's this guy called, um, what's his name, C. Wright Mills, and he's, the, he's one yeah. of the first researchers to, to write about elites. and He's interested in this topic of elites, and he sort of uh, investigates how the U.S. Uh, uh, developed from a, um, a sort of a, a country of localized elites who were sort of sitting in the, in the individual states to um to a national elite and i think that's interesting right because the the sort of libertarianism is a sort of a, that's a concession that's like a, an elite bargain to to let those uh, you know local elites uh, live uh, as if like they lived in the 18th century for a bit longer you know right <laughs> they can sort of well, they can do what they want
1: it's like libertarianism doesn't
0: work either Really? No, it it, it, it doesn't. <laughs> well, it, it's it's always a question like for for whom, right? Like for, for yeah. whom are you talking about? Like it works for a certain class of people. It's it works for this sort of, uh, you know, like this sort of middle wealth. If you're, you know, like if you're if you have more than a million and less than a hundred million, then you can be a libertarian, right? Because you yeah. have no uh, political responsibility. You know, nobody's really paying attention to you. You're not the sort of the big wealth that's like a, a stakeholder of global capitalism, and uh, you know. But you, 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 perhaps know enough. You know, perhaps you run a company. You know, perhaps you have some technical knowledge. Perhaps you have some historical culture. You know, you're you're, a, you're potentially dangerous. You know, you're like right. a you're, you're like a small aristocrat. You know, you're like a little arist- arist- aristocrat in in you know, like uh, medieval Europe. You know, and you could become dangerous to power. You know, like if, <laughs> let's say, you know, like you 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 can articulate yourself, and you have some means at your disposal that sort of uh, you know make you make it difficult for other people to to force you into doing things. Uh, you it's know, like Alex that's Jones. A, that's a luxury most people don't have, right? Yeah. But,
1: yeah, 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 definitely. I it's it's such a strange thing for me to sort of witness this, this sort of moment because, you know, on one hand, uh, you know, it's become entirely obvious that, like, there's got to be some middle ground to what is what is true, what is like, you know, obviously none of us have a monopoly on transcendental reality. And I think that it's very suspicious to me that somebody is, people are sort of going out of their way to proclaim the title of of rationalist but really it's like you go through the facts i mean you you run these numbers through peer re- <laughs> re- reviews and they're writing like hegel ai fan fiction you know it's it's crazy <laughs> i mean it's true though it's it's so yeah. strange it's it's very very strange to me and like i said i don't want to be somebody who um, is ascribing too much because in, the, in these in sort of these elite academic uh, people's minds, there's this idea that you know we're the lapdogs for the hard sciences. You know they listen to us; we provide them with counterfactuals and evidence. But really. It's like nobody yeah, gives I mean, a fuck a, about yeah, any it's, of us. It's, like.
0: it's, it's, it's not science. I mean, that's, of course, the point. And I think, you know, I wrote this, uh, you know, I don't know for, your, for, for the listeners. I wrote, a, I wrote an essay about Benjamin Bratton's new book or a critique. It's called Revenge of the Unreal. And uh, I think, you know, to be honest, like Benjamin Bratton would know that, you know, like science is not a, you know, that's not doesn't have a big S it it advances by sort of revolutions you know it, it advances by outsiders sort of defying the the consensus and it's a process you know it's a you know there's there's no consensus there's no consensus that can just be applied and you know, i think this guy is just too too smart to know that so i think uh, i you know discussed with a couple of people and you know some people said okay now this guy's just an idiot he's just stupid and i mean i personally don't think that i think he, he is smart enough i think he's more of the uh i would guess that this guy is dishonest you know he knows exactly what he's doing he's writing this apology and uh you know he wants to be i mean most most of the sort of the political theorists we know today right they they are apologists of their age in a way you know if you you think of i don't know thomas Hobbes or Jean Baudin, you know, they write about yeah. sovereignty and they, you know, they're, they're the apologists of the, of the new centralized absolutist power. <laughs> I think, and I think he knows that and I think he sees that, you know, and then I don't know about, uh, like, I really don't know about Negarestani or something, you know, like, I, I think you're a, you're, you're, you have a better sort of uh, philosophical culture. I'm a, I'm a, you know, like I'm a more political Political science as my background, you know that oh, okay. sort of clown discipline, you know. <laughs> it's, no, no, it's great. It's absolutely, uh, but, it's you, absolutely but you're ridiculous. Also, but
1: you're also into culture too. I mean, you know, you wrote a, an entire book about the sort of like.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I, I really consider myself, and I I don't say that denigratingly. I consider myself an intellectual, you know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the world. You know, <laughs> It's a very, that's a very different thing from an academic. You know, that. There's a sort of overlaps between those two worlds, but uh, I've always sort of, you know, I, I think I've always been, you know, in a, in a way a bit alienated from that, from that milieu. And I think the reason for that is, is like uh, uh, that, that, you know, political science is, is also sort of a in, in discipline with an inverted uh, reward structure. So sort of you know there's political sciences, this discipline I'd say it has like three purposes like the, the first one is to sort of study you study powerless groups right like you, you have these you think of all of these uh, you know like uh, um, girls with the mother instincts and they want to study a disadvantaged group, and in the process, they of course create the the power knowledge to dominate those groups, right like from their sort of naivety. Of wanting to study some tribe <laughs> or some disadvantaged person, comes this sort of knowledge that is generated about this group, right? So that that's one right. important part of political science. Yeah, you study sort of these milieux for power in the end because it's going to be used by someone. The other one is the sort of you know the re- regime apologists like Bratton, you know, like you 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 look at a dictatorship and then you give it some beautiful names, you know, like positive biopolitics. <laughs> <laughs> you're, if you could, are this little, if you, you're this little whore, you know, of the regime who wants to, you know, like, ah, no, let's not call it an elite, let's call it stakeholders or something, you know, so yeah. people don't understand what you're talking about.
1: Well, you if know? you could, if you could describe biopolitics to people who are not familiar with, uh, with that term.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think uh, where does that word come from? I think that's created by uh, Michel Foucault, right? He looked yeah. at, uh, he looked at you know, how in the past sort of governments started thinking about populations and they they sort of, they developed this idea of a population in the first place that, that, uh, you know, people are sort of this whole that can be divided up into statistics and that can be, uh, you know, be managed and be taken care of and be uh, uh, grown and be reduced, you know, like, so all all of the, they're, they're sort of, uh I think the modern state uh, most people uh, agree it sort of it develops as a sort of uh, you know from from taxation. people start having wars and they need to tax populations uh, in order to finance wars and in uh, yeah Europe of the when is that you know like medieval Europe roughly you know people sort of it's divided uh, into these little fiefdoms and uh, they start having wars sort of after mm you know, like city-states, and they built these uh, sort of administrative apparatuses. And, yeah, at a certain point, they become interested in populations because populations, or in the past, they need to be grown, right? Because there's uh, this idea, of course, that, you you know, the more people you have, uh, the stronger your armies and so on. You know, you have this, the the birth of the, you know, what the, the modern mass state is there somewhere. And, yeah, people call it uh, biopolitics, and of course, in in the 20th century, at a certain point, this this reverses, right? Because people all of a sudden, yeah, they 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 sort of look at this and realize, oh, yeah, okay, maybe a population is not an advantage anymore, but is a liability. And then mm. you, of course, the 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 um, the uh, the objective becomes the opposite. How how do I make sure that these people sort of don't uh, 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 proliferate like crazy and, and then you have sort of authoritarian solutions in china it's a one child policy for example right or you have the, the 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 sort of the the solution of the west which is i think a, a lot more advanced and elegant which is like to slowly sort of poison populations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't yeah, i don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think i'm exaggerating here i really think i, that I is, really don't either i mean yeah, I, you know what well, how people look at this you know and and no. then you of course you you know and 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 for a while and, and you know even you can even say yeah perhaps that's the most ethical solution because you know until now sort of you, you've been given the choice you can go to <laughs> to whatever like you know like organic food store and uh, yeah you can you can escape that a bit you know but but now i think we've reached we really reached a new um we really reached a new sort of uh, threshold in that. Right? Yeah, Where, no. we're not uh, We're not talking about, uh, yeah, there's no free choice anymore. You know, if you're forced into some experimental injection, that's over, you know, it's over for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I just find it um, incredibly strange uh, that you're sort of seeing this kind of new group of people pop up. And it, it, I don't know if you're familiar with like Joshua Citarella. And, like, look, I don't want to get into invectives or name-calling or character assassination. Like, I'm not really interested in playing these kinds of of games. Um, I want to sort of talk about just sort of, like, facts on the ground. It's, like, a lot of these people in the sort of, like, art-adjacent, I don't know what you would call them, uh, left-wing, people like Bratton, people like Joshua Citarella, people like Reza Nagaristani, I think that there Mm -hmm. is this kind of, like, simultaneous condemnation, because to give to give Bratton credit, he does say some things that fly in the face of convention, uh, especially when it comes to nuclear power. He's got some, you know, I think utterly, as you mentioned, utterly sort of, like, meaningless anti-woke takes from time to time, where he just makes <laughs> some, like, flippant quip about, uh, you know, people at CHAZ or, like... Uh, you know, quote unquote SJWs or woke people, you know, like he'll throw that out there once in a blue moon. But essentially, <clears throat> these are fully. I mean, if you're writing for The Guardian and saying X group is bad, please don't censor them, what do you think The Guardian's going to do? Like, what do you think these institutional powers are going to do? if you are manufacturing consent for them. And one of the things I I like about podcasting is it's an escape from all of that. It should be an escape. And, you know, sooner and sooner, it will no longer be an escape. And I, you know, I feel a lot of gratitude that I I get to do this, that that people listen, um, that, you know, because I really do, in my mind, I think that the sort of generative, art like making things up making up your own sort of language making up your own sort of like rules and sort of finding that place of of enchantment of 21st century enchantment i think that there's a lot going to be more value in that than people realize i'm not i'm not sure if you would agree with that
0: no i i look i absolutely i think the the podcasting really is a it's a revolution right it's like it's a is low cost and I think you can't underestimate, you know, a lot of people have, you know, if you have a job that's manual labor or that's you you, exactly. you, know, you need to drive a you need to drive a truck or something for a living. You know, which you know a lot of people do. They don't they can't read <laughs> they can't read in that time, right? Yeah. Like reading is a luxury it is and uh, and you know most people don't have time for it i i certainly i didn't read if you know when i'm you know when i'm working eight hours a day or something you know you don't you're not going home to read <laughs> that's not <Yeah>. gonna happen <laughs> you know that's a that's a really yeah that's a privilege of a uh, yeah of a sort of of a knowledge class to to do this kind of stuff and to to really understand the world and but it's increasingly possible, right? That's why you you really find out one of those things that that's happening today. That's everything is out there, right? But it's 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 not accessible to you because you either don't
1: have the time, you don't believe
0: it, or you don't have. Also, there's a I think there's a lot of yeah. The, the way things are written is is very un, incomprehensible to people. You know, there's a certain there's a certain style that you do. You, you sort of have to be socialized into that style. I mean, yeah. I see that, for example, with medical papers. You know, a lot of people are afraid of medical papers. You know, you don't need to understand every single process of a medical paper, but it's just you. You know, you can look at it uh, even as uh, a sort that's of that's
1: what I do. Is I I sort of as, as look a layman. At it. Yeah, 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 yeah. As, it, I don't it, know anything. It's interesting,
0: either. right? Yeah. And but it's just you. You but yeah, you you wouldn't do that if you're not sort of familiar with. But, as, you, talk, but right? as human, and, and with, but
1: as human beings, we have our own sensing layer. I mean, I thought these guys are into Wilfred Sellers. I'm not going to name drop any more analytic philosophers. That's a bunch of <laughs> bullshit. But uh, I think, uh, but I think we have our own sensing layers, and I think that human beings we can pick things up from things that we do not know that that are there there's subconscious things that get fired off in our brains. And, yeah, yeah, and, and, totally,
0: totally. I and mean, and that we mean, don't that, have to understand all of the language
1: to understand. There's also a thing,
0: right? You, you, you can develop a, uh, yeah, you can develop intuitions, right? You, exactly. you can develop very adequate intuitions. And I, I see, it's absolutely obvious to me, for example, in this current debate, you, you listen to certain people, right? And I, it just happened to me yesterday I, I listened to it. It was a German doctor from some, from some, you know, like the, he was heading some hospital, and he was talking about, you know, all of the the people that were coming in, vaccine injured, and it was just this tired guy. You know, you could see in his face, yeah, this is absolutely somebody who who, who doesn't even have the capacity to lie to you. You know, he's a he's an absolutely competent guy, and you could see in his face that he suffered for his competence. <laughs> You know, in his life,
1: I think, a and lot then you of
0: compare p- that with with sort of you know your your CNBC like analyst who's just chilling the latest product, you know, like uh, some some sort of you know career whore, you know, yeah, <laughs> who wants to yeah. go, who wants to be on television, you know, and he's like early career, you know, like yeah, I can I can be the new, I can be the new face of the television or something. It's it's really and i think you can develop sort of intuitions like that and right. but most people don't trust their intuitions and and perhaps they've also been discouraged from trusting their intuitions mm. because yeah i mean look it's to you you to be in this world is to be yeah you you are alone you know like i sometimes think of um you know when when a lot of a lot of these teenagers the zoomers you know like they it's almost like they purposefully isolate themselves. You know, it's. I, I think that's even. You know, th- th- there's some instinct behind there. You know, because I think y- in this world, you you need to you need to be able to be alone. You know, you need to you need to. I think that's a survival mechanism. You know, you need to be able to be alone. Like you need to be able to converse with people as well, but you you also sometimes. And, you know, this, this world is trying to isolate you, you know, it's yeah. trying to kill you. And, uh, perhaps th- that's a sort of, uh, you know, like a response to that, you know, that's yeah. an adequate response. You know, they know, okay, you can't, uh, you, 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 you have to endure a bit, you know, to survive in this world, you know, and you have to be able to endure solitude perhaps, you know, it's,
1: it's, I, I think it's unfortunate because to me, like, look, I'm not, I I am a bit of a utopianist, but not in sort of like the global sense, just in so far that I think what, I think what people need is, I think they need to sort of like update their, you know, update their sort of internal protocol a little bit. And, And it's interesting because, you know, a lot of these guys are like, look, we just need people to have a shift of consciousness. So they accept our doctrine. But at the end of the day, what is the value? Like, the problem with people who are prescribing this like Brat, is that they never really truly assess whether their values have any va- intrinsic value of its own. What is, and it's like yes I understand that human beings are cognitively an evolutionary complex and that we evolve and that there is obviously a, a multiplicity of directions in which the human being can go and that we are not sort of bound in a fixed as as you know certain people traditionalists might actually ascribe and i i do agree with that but we have to we have to ask ourselves why would we live longer in the absence of of an enriching inner experience of things like art of things like which to me is why I think it's most fun to sort of make up your own sort of language, make up your your own sort of create. I don't know how you feel about art. Do you have any opinions on that? Because we've we've sort of only spoken about um, this kind of like technological stuff, this very draconian stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I love art. What can I say? Um, it, I think it's yeah, it, 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 it's a strange world. I mean, but you know, I, I mean, the first first problem is um, you know, is, is does Bratton really believe that? Or you know, like I, I have to remind listeners that this guy he used to work for Yahoo. <laughs> like, I'm sure he has a he has a, he's probably going to have some huge share portfolio and so on. And I'm also sure that he would be the you know the kind of guy who is probably still in contact with this sort of. You know, California tech elite. You know, those are those are his peers. You know, like, and perhaps he also feels like he's on their team, or perhaps you know, like they also positioned him to to be the apologist for this for this kind of world. You know, so I don't, we don't uh, have a I way don't... of
1: confirming that, but it, you know. Let's just say no. The, no, uh, of course we don't have, do, the but, apples. Know, like don't you, you, fall you, far from the tree. It's not implausible. Let's just
0: yeah. exactly like just uh, you know like they, 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 there's no way to confirm that, of course, yeah. But you right. know, like I mean, it's also you know people get socialized in a certain way. You know, there's a certain inertia to to uh, to capital, and you know, it's also not like you know these these people don't formulate any plans. You know, so. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Bratton, he maybe really thinks what, maybe really believes that. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, in a way he's sort of, and he's very much uh, sort of toying also with this uh, aesthetic of an avant-garde, right? Of, it's not just, it's, it's precisely not just, you know, plain drab technology, but it's this dressed up, it's technology dressed up in, in, in jargon and in,
1: and, and, and sort um, of like contemporary art, like Hauser and Worth. It, you know, it's, exactly. it's so I mean, funny. It, the problem it's, it's, is, is that a lot of the stuff that's um, going on right now in terms of like, you know, a lot of these guys that go on uh, certain podcasts and they go on, you know, and they're all art adjacent. None of these people are doctors or scientists. It's like, if anything you're sort of the intellectual lapdog for the fodder of art speak. Because, you know, every single artist needs a presser. They need something that sounds intellectual to attach themselves to. Like, let's just forget about the truth procedure. Let's just forget about all of these things that... Um, because obviously, you know, like you were, you were suggesting earlier, there's a certain inaccessibility to the language. And look... Man, like, I talk, I have, like, two different, I have two different ways of speaking. I have my idiot way I talk with my friends, where we say a bunch of dumb bullshit, and I like to talk like that, you know, locker room talk, and then I have the speak that I speak with you when I engage in my sort of uh, frivolous um intellectual interests. not to say I'm even intellectual I think I'm a fucking idiot and I don't think I know anything I don't think anybody fucking knows anything so just go fucking have fun just go fucking do anything you know just seriously like I really do believe that I really believe. Yeah, but all I mean, the, the intellectual
0: idiots. endeavor is not to to sort of the it's it's the drive to understand. I think that counts. It's the you know, drive like to understand. I don't, I don't think it's. But yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It's a it's a sort but of what did Socrates yeah, We're talking say. about a milieu, and and uh, yeah. Socrates for example, my said friend, uh,
1: Socrates conceded to being an idiot. <laughs> uh, Deleuze conceded his own heretical idiocy. These are all people, like all of the thinkers I love from Deleuze. I'm a big byung Chul Han fan. A lot of people have heard me talk about him in particular. And he says the way out of neoliberalism is through being a heretic. Every great philosopher has been called a fucking idiot. Every great thinker that we look up to who's done anything advanced has had some... Absolute modesty of being like I'm looking for knowledge, but right now I just don't fucking know enough. I'm a fucking retard, and I really do believe that. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I think uh, uh, you know, honest questions are a good good way forward. I totally, mean, but, I agree. You know, to 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 come back to to this sort of this milieu of uh, you know art and technology, my my friend uh, uh, Lutz Stambeck, he made this great documentary, The Net, LSD, the Unabomber, and the Internet.
1: Oh wow! I don't,
0: I don't know if you've you've heard of this guy. I have like heard he made of a great, him. great uh, sort of uh, documentary series about art and power. We, we showed it here in, in uh, Melbourne, and I think it it really shows the sort of milieu of uh, of artists and technologists and sort of how how this technology also grew out of art, grew out of uh, psychedelics, uh, but also in combination, of course, with the with the you know the the military industrial state that is sort of funding and backing these projects and i think that this is where it where it gets really interesting yeah because all of this stuff i think the genius of course of the of the americans has been that they've always um used their military inventions and at a certain point they spin them out into the private sector right right and then they become these mass cultural phenomena but yeah they this is anticipated by technology and, you know, like, I mean, you look at art and, of course, the the, the sad thing about art is that, uh, of course, also that you look at the funding of it and that's a very centralized process, right? Like if you're a bit in the in the art scene and you know what, you know, they they, they pretty much uh, you, you could you could definitely suspect these people of having, you know, pursuing an uh, aesthetic agenda. Right. And I think yeah. that's historically, that's nothing novel. And of course that doesn't mean that, you know, they first of all, it doesn't mean that there's no talent in the arts because yeah, of course a lot of people do really great things with these constraints. And oh, I think you have to, you have to concede that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, beautiful things that's coming out. There's a lot of rubbish too, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's absolutely obvious that, you know, certain things get funded and other things won't get funded, you know, and then there's these, you know, like, you know, these people who, who sort of they dominate? They dominate the art scene with their gossip, <laughs> you know, and their intrigue. You know, that's a that's a form of. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really toxic world. I mean, I, th- I think nobody, who, you know, everybody who knows the art scene, you know, just this, this pressure of talent that's coming on, and just, you know, like everybody wants to be an artist these days. There's so a there's a really lot of small smart people like pressing into that space. So it's ultimately toxic also because there's no it's not a, it's a sector that runs on prestige. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't run on sales, right? Although I see that with a lot of the uh, young artists, I think they do something really cool. They they produce sort of small online shops and they produce their own right. things. That's and this uh, way they become uh, a bit more independent. And I, I really I really love that. I because, love it yeah, too. I mean, I that's, mean, I, that's basically what here. this
1: what this whole project is. Like, I don't I don't consider this to be necessarily an intellectual project. I see this to be sort of like a, sort of a gestalt. You know, and I think that I think part of the reason why, you know, there's obviously a dis- there's a di- a dissident element current that runs through the entire project. But, you know, it's like I want to make clothes like I want to do all sorts of things. And there is this kind of network spirituality of, of people making these novel net art uh, in writing. And, and there's a sort of like a, a group of people I'm um, sort of. I would say loosely affiliated with uh Angelicism 1 and Honor Levy and uh you know there's a lot of this sort of thing going on right now that sort of merges like Substack art with podcast art with TikTok art mm-hmm. and and I find it to be you know it's it's obviously very critical of things that are going on uh but it At the same time, it's not just gossip. It's not just critique for its own sake. Like, I try to be generative. Like, I really do, because I really do believe that, you know, those moments, uh, especially for me as a guitar player, like when I'm just zoning out playing guitar, to me, those are like the best moments when I can really zone out on something. Like, sometimes, even when I'm talking to you right now, I'm almost going into a hallucinogenic trance. Uh, just <laughs> speaking about this stuff, like there is a, you know, there has to be sort of that element of like ecstatic rapture, right? <laughs> and, and I think that I want, I just so badly, you know, in my soul, want people to access that feeling. And it's becoming harder and harder for people to do that. Like, who gives a fuck if you live. 40 years or a thousand years if you don't get that feeling. I mean it's it's just I just don't under I don't see the point. It's like you have to the problem is is like where why are we not creating access points to value? When did that just get lost? When did that somehow get discredited by this whole intellectual uh milieu that wants to turn Everything into a fucking bare brick industrial building to do architecture in. I mean, come on, like (laughs) it's just not good.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you're you're um, you're talking about the the also this point of I think that's very popular in the in the US of life extension, right? That's a very popular trope that people want to live forever. There's Ray Kurzweil and so on and. I just want to point listeners to my friend, uh, Jason Orsley. I don't know if you know this guy. Uh, Have you no. come across him?
1: No, 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 no.
0: He he, he runs this site called Audi Culture. And, and he's a really, you know, like, I'm, I don't know, like, I'm always interested in, I'm always interested in, you know, the very idiosyncratic people sort of, I, You know, like marginals, you know, like I, yeah, you know, like I, 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 I just like, like, I like marginals. Outs- I, like I also outs- consider same. myself, you know, like a, a, a marginal myself a bit, you know, because I also don't really, and, 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 you know, that's, that's probably not a great thing, but, you know, like it definitely that's where I find um, interesting stuff. And I, I like odd things, you know, like I like people, uh, I like conspiracy theory, like also this full on where people are just, where it's, where it's absolutely too much. And, I find it fantastic that you know, like, it's really interesting how it, it does definitely blend into insanity. I don't, I don't, for example, I don't understand why people who are psychotic, you know, they 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 they, they talk about the same topics, right? There, there there's must. I think that's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon in itself, right? Yeah. And of course, like in the process, they. Uh, they discover like they discover the most terrifying aspects of statecraft right and uh, perhaps also because you know sometimes they've been touched by certain elements of that you know because that is a sort of a, a, a cultural phenomenon that that can't just be separated from from the rest of culture so i think that's that's very interesting but uh, uh, to come back to to jason horsley i am I'm, I'm shilling him a bit because i think he's a really interesting thinker and he he wrote this book called um, uh, prisoners of infinity where he's sort of investigating how, why people want this life extension, and you know, this it's a very interesting and eclectic book. Like, oh can, wow, this looks I amazing. Yeah, really, <laughs> I, I can really. And I also UFO social engineering a, a, and the psychology yeah, 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 of absolutely, fragmentation. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And and you know, with a with a also like a you know certain literary quality. It's very eclectic book, and this is a really interesting guy too. You know, he had a very interesting life, and <laughs> here, you listen to him yes also this 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 you know like uh para, parasympathetic voice you know that that uh, you know like it's uh, you know it's like a hypnotic experience and uh, yeah per, perhaps you you two should talk yeah so um, he has a he, I, I think he'd, he'd have a lot to tell you i mean for me look I, i'm from germany you know like we don't we, do, we don't really have this culture you know we're this it's quite interesting we are uh, we're a fundamentally uh, a technophobic culture. And uh, even for the German government, that has recently become a problem because people don't adapt digital services fast enough and so on, you know. So they <laughs> now they're forcing them, of course, you know, with all of this corona stuff, you know, there's no escape. But uh, for a long time, Germany, you know, is a very suspicious, anti-surveillance, uh, you know, a, a, a Bretonian nightmare, you know, like... A, uh, a culture that's very yeah suspicious. Right, cash. I, I, uh, I I I find it really strange. You know, Heidegger, you know.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I was about to say Heidegger. <laughs> uh, this sort <laughs> of uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like know, the, exactly. it's where Heidegger comes from, and I think and no, it's, and it's interesting very, and, to and, me. And and it's I think where Bernard Stiegler comes from too. I think Stiegler was incredibly weary of. I find it interesting that Stiegler was interested in, in, in Bratton's work only because to me, they're sort of fundamentally opposite thinkers. One of them had a Mm. very sort of negative orientation towards, um, obviously he wasn't a Luddite, you know, he had a, he had a vested interest in technology and, and the technical image and what it was doing to us and all these things. But uh, I think, I think it's I think it's a really strange thing because you know they're basically these advocates of you should accept surveillance as sort of a, a a feature and not a bug of this new society of this fourth industrial revolution and to me like look I, I I don't I don't think that you know I'm not like a targeted individual person where I think that there's eyes on you constantly and. You know, I'm not like some paranoid freak about this kind of shit, but I doesn't that just sound a little weird? Because, because it's not about you as an individual. It's about harvesting this sort of collective data which then uh, creates that sort of endless algorithmic feed. It's like I, remember, I just like Instagram when it was like thing at the top and it, to the bottom and it was chronological. Now it's all algorithm. It feeds what they think you want to see. So, uh, you know, obviously technology, yeah, as mean, Deleuze says, it's a desiring... Uh, de, we're, in, we're trapped within the desiring machine. Simondon, Gilbert Simondon, he actually, a uh, French theorist of cybernetics, I think would make a great counter argument to the stack and to... Uh, revenge of the real and to sort of all these texts because um, for him uh, technology was primarily driven through epistemology and like this is what i was saying earlier like meme magic is real like you cannot deny the fact that these things don't have a massive bearing look if memetics weren't real and we weren't able to summon egregores then why even have this conversation in the first place? Why, is, why are these guys then trying to create a counter argument if there wasn't some power to these egregoric, artistic, creative, vitalistic structures that do find a way? They, they absolutely find a way. Egregores are 100 fucking percent real. <laughs> like They are real. They, they inform the real. They're a part of the real. And, and it's cope to not agree with that i think
0: no i i i absolutely agree i mean but yeah I, I think there's it's interesting right because uh technology you know as a socially has has also perhaps this sort of you know strange more demoralizing effect that that precisely prevents you from <laughs> you know like summoning your 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 mimetic powers right but on the other hand, side, like, I don't know if it really, you know, like, yeah, you're saying, okay, this surveillance is not about you as an individual, but you know, I, I would oppose that it can easily become, you know, because I, I mean, you, you notice, you notice milieu of, uh, you know, like once you have a certain audience, you know, I'd say, let's say, I don't know, Twitter 10K plus or something, you know, I think a lot of these people are, are under pressure. You know, then they, I, they, I think that's an observable phenomenon. You it know, is, like once totally. once PayPal cuts you off, uh, once these people are deplatforming you, and you know, like there's a you know, the, 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 oh, the on a, on a small scale secret state, you know, like that it's 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 but, absolutely, but I would fantastically almost, huge, uh, you know, like so that these people are not there's, an, there's enough people who have a lot of free time, you know, to target. Sort of the next uh, 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 whatever radical homeland domestic terrorist or something. But know? I would <laughs> even say on a smaller
1: <laughs> level, there's a, there's another layer to this to this capture, and, and and it's almost and I noticed this is that once you build an our audience, uh, it's not necessarily about cancel culture or deplatforming because mm-hmm. I'm actually of the opinion if you don't acknowledge cancel culture as real then there's no way you can victimize yourself, and then there's no way people will care. I say this as, as a person who has purposely gone out of my way to never acknowledge this its presence, and nothing has happened to me. Now, the thing that I do notice is once you build any sort of audience, you're beholden to that audience, regardless of their... Intellectual or ideological or artistic uh, inclinations, you have now, you, they, you have to appease a patronage. And I think um, more than anything, and this might run counter to what you're saying, but more than anything, I do really believe that it's not about cancel culture as much that you have to watch out for. It's about alienating the people who trust you. And the people who trust you uh, I mean reality changes very, very quickly <laughs> and, and the fa- and, and so sometimes we have to sort of update our uh, uh, our sort of our catalog a little bit just in order to keep up with the times and so to make yourself sort of ideologically pinpointable I think is is kind of a bad thing And I, I see it. I mean I, I've, I witness it myself. I, it's a beautiful thing in many ways, but you know, I'm just I'm here to sort of assess what's going on right now, not to appeal to any sort of ideological uh, uh, faction.
0: Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I was talking to um, to Justin, to Justin uh, uh, Murphy, you, who's your friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who, yeah, he, he told me he told me the same thing and i mean i can i can't talk about that i don't have a you know like my my writing uh, is you know what i what i produce sort of is you know, i don't make any money of that uh, or very little so I, I can't really say i'm beholden to any audience you know i don't i don't have that experience that is very
1: liberating in and of itself
0: no it's it's totally liberating (laughs) And i I mean for me for now you know that that's definitely the way i don't i don't you know i don't want to do anything else i don't want to be beholden to an audience that sounds terrible to me like i don't want to i I don't think i could be honest to people either you know like you you have to uh yeah but that's that's my position you know and i'm also you know like i'm a you know i don't uh I, but i i still do believe uh, you know that, that i think cancel culture is real but uh you know of course i think there's shades to it you know there's like uh there's a there's a cancel culture of ben shapiro or something you know who's who's mentioned by everyone and you know like the, no, nothing happens to this guy you know and then you can complain about cancel culture but i think that's a it's a real phenomenon and i think people are some you know like what what are you gonna do like once you're uh, we have in, in in Europe there's intellectuals uh, you know they they have their uh, uh, bank accounts taken down that's yeah, a thing that's yeah. happening that's happening you know and once once you're cut off from that structure I mean I'm sure you know that it's it's a difference whether you're on what YouTube or Rumble you know like whether how people find you and so on yeah once you're once you're an established brand, you know, maybe you, you can make it, but it does make a difference. And, you know, there is a, you know, once you pop up on those, um, I remember when I was reviewing um, what, what Mike Ma's book, Harassment Architecture, and he was on this, you know, anti-terrorism, counter-terrorism, domestic website or something from the U.S. And I thought, oh, that's scary, you know, like once you're, yeah. you know, well, once, well, people once, you're, start, once, once people start calling you a terrorist. Yeah, and With all of the sort of legal implications, which are, oh, we can just suspend your basic rights, you know. Well, that's. <laughs> I, I think, you know, like the, 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 that's very, you know, like you, you'll, you'll think twice about what you say. So, uh, and, and, and it's easy to make this connection, you know. I just call this guy, uh, what, like a Nazi or something. And, like, don't uh, for, you know, coming back to the art thing, you know, the, the art people, I think the, the art scene is the, that's about the organization of prestige. Right. That's extremely, you know, it's extremely important, you know. That's and that's the the idea by um, Gustave Le Bon, uh, who wrote this crowd psychology book, I think in 1895 or something. And he says yeah, most people they don't um, they don't think for themselves, but they care about the prestige of ideas. Right. And I think that's the that's a, that's a really important lesson that you know, most people that they, they, they don't listen to you and, you know, whether you're coherent <laughs> no, <laughs> or whether it's your true. ideas make sense or whether they're backed up, they listen to you because yeah, okay. You know, container is cool or something, you know, and that, you know, that can switch at an instant, you know, so I don't really, uh, uh, you know, like uh, they, uh, these people, you can, they can love you and they'll hate you in the next instant, you know, and there's people that are, you know, it's, I think it's, it's pretty, it's going to be easy, you know, to, to influence something like this, you know, you, You you know like make certain rumors you know and (laughs) that's uh, not you know it's I
1: I I think I think the key to sort of any any sort of project is to just keep going no matter what if you keep going absolutely
0: I agree.